Hey everyone, Mark here at the Jungle Gyms Podcast. Now you might be thinking, what? Mark, why are you talking in this quieter tone of voice at normal? And you know what? The reason why is that today I'm putting out a bonus episode for all of you. It's a much more serious episode in nature. And I think it requires a respect for me, both of my performance and all that stuff. Not that this isn't genuinely me still, but I don't want to open the gate shouting at you. So, you know, we have, you know, we're an international market. We have a lot of international customers. And with everything that's going on with Ukraine and Russia right now, Jungle and I thought it'd be really important if we got some perspective from people who are actually from Ukraine, as well as Russia, to tell their story and give their perspective on everything that's going on. So I don't want to talk much. We didn't do a lot of editing of this one. I just wanted to give everybody a platform to speak because that's what you do when you have a platform. You, you know, empower the people. So on that, I hope you enjoy this episode. I think everybody that is anybody that's watching this thing unfold is a very... Um, they want to help. They want to do something. I think a lot of people are in their own little ways. Yeah. And um, I asked Mark, I says, if you can get somebody in here just to talk about the situation, just, that's it. Yeah, I think it'd be beautiful. Yeah, well, Mark told me we just want to get uh, your feelings on it. And I said, well, I, at this point in time, I certainly have no shortage of those. Yeah, I know. Uh, so what's, yes, yeah, so let's, let's start. Lena, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit for the show. Okay. Uh, my name is Lena Gibson. I live here in Cincinnati. I moved to the United States in 1998. I'm a, How were you when you came here? I was just about to turn 12. Oh. So I, I moved here. I was just telling these guys here that I moved here um, on August 20, or not 28th. I moved here on August 18th. Uh, and I started sixth grade here on September 1st. Uh, and I knew just a few sentences in English <laughs> at that point. That's, uh, so then, uh, so now what, what are you doing now? Uh, I, I work in finance, just a regular average <laughs> person. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's exciting no, right, still. Right. Uh, you know, the, the biggest reason we moved here is because the country had been ravaged by first the you know the russian empire i i mean the russians have been trying to take ukraine for something like 300 years uh so first it was the russian empire then it was the the communist state uh and it, it's uh it's a difficult place to live, or at least it was, um, you know, 24 years ago. Still and is. Still is, right. uh, definitely now for sure. Um, but so my, so my mom, you know, brought me here in the hopes of giving me uh, a, a good future. And I'm certainly hoping that I'm living up to it, but. We, we don't realize, we don't realize in this country and it's a rotten shame, but that's people, it's just human nature. It's human nature, and that's like, you know, you don't realize what you have because, you know, the good things, if you woke up every day and you, you remembered all the good things, just think how happy you would be. Oh, yeah. But you forget about the good things. You well, just, if all you have are good things, you forget what good things are. Right. But yeah. then on the other flip side of that is you forget about the bad things, too. Somebody passes away. Something tragic has happened to you. Just like, you know, that's, I think that's why they have funerals. Sure. You know, there, there's a person grieving in shock. And 
the relatives or friends are there. And then you have this whole five, six, two weeks, three weeks period where people are calling you all the time. And it's a, it's a time of grieving. And then you, you know, you, you forget about the good things, but the flip side of that is you forget about the bad things too. Yeah. But you know, that's, but it would be nice to think of all the good things, get up in the morning and realize, you know, me and my wife been married a long time and we have our problems. Sure. But we have a lot of good things too. Absolutely. And if you don't, we don't wake up in the morning and go, why? Just think how many good things we have going on today. Well, yeah. just, just the fact that I'm 72 and I'm still healthy, knock on wood, still doing this, still doing that, you know? Right. My wife, we're not, you know, she's okay. And just that alone. So, but anyway, this, this, anyway, back to Ukraine. It's just, I see it on the news. I'm watching it on the news. I'm like, I can't, can't stop looking at it. And I'm thinking, well, and you guys are kind of at a disadvantage in a sense because you're watching whatever the corporate media sh- chooses to show you. Right. Uh, I have the benefit of speaking the language and being able to watch live news coming out of new Ukraine. What, what, how do you get that? I've been flipping around like crazy. I go to four. I go to uh, uh, Free Europe. Yeah. channel the free europe channel i searched like crazy to try to get um uh, the um uh, a good channel i've i found out but not i gotta find out where well it, i mean do you speak ukrainian because no, it won't help it won't help you because they are speaking exclusively ukrainian <laughs> there's no captions or anything there's, like that it's live like. so there's but where, no uh, who's 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 just the people that are doing it themselves and yeah so um was it yesterday or the day before that uh, uh, news and radio station got bombed in, right, in right, Kiev? Right, yeah, right. And they had lost um, communications for some time. And then today, it seems like they resurfaced, and I was watching the live feed. And I mean, they're in like in a building where the walls are falling apart. <laughs> okay, so now that now now that I've been. I've been watching on TV like crazy, looking for every little thing. Yeah. I've, I've even looked at. No, we I've, could argue some of that's for drama. Yeah, you know, you never right. know with right. with but, the news or whatever. But for the most part, they seem to be trying to stay as upfront and honest and report exactly what's happening. That's good, though. Yeah, but but I've been watching even WION, which is an Indian channel. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty I decent. Really like. That's a decent one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I flipped Actually, on her the, all the time. The Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera is a pretty so, decent one as so well. So I thought I was doing pretty good in trying to search for those things. WION yep. again for you people that don't speak Ukraine. I think it's a good channel. Al Jazeera is a good channel. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say anything about the U.S. channels, but you know, they have so much of this, whatever. Right. No. But, I, but, but tell me, tell me about this. Is interesting. So you have, uh, uh, you know, really more of an insight. Tell me what's what's happening because I'm really interested. Well, in I'm lucky that not only can I understand their news, I actually, well, I'm unlucky in the sense that I have family on the ground. I'm lucky oh in the gosh. sense that they can pass information to me, which is kind of why I'm keeping my phone out here in case I get a message from my dad. Although it's 11:30 p.m. <clears throat> over there, so they're probably in a bomb shelter. Yeah, you told me a pretty harrowing story a little bit ago while we were just walking to uh, the store. It's, there's been a couple of days. Uh, uh, my dad and I use, you know, just like a Facebook messenger to uh, message each other. He's in Odessa. I have a... I have a, a Odessa, pa- if I get it right, Odessa South? Odessa is, is. Uh, is a, the seaport. 
that oh yeah, that sorry. They, that so, they keep so. yep that they keep trying to send uh, ships to because it's right. a major it's a major seaport. Wow. And just to give you guys a tiny bit of history, in case you didn't know, um, the settlement that later became Odessa dates back to like 400 BC or something to that wow. effect. Um, so the town that later became known as Odessa, I mean, it's an, it's an ancient place right. that predates all of this by a long shot. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, but yes, he, he's in Odessa. So, you know, I'm getting sort of news. We were just messaging back and forth. They've been instructed to be very careful with, uh, any kind of specific information, um, as far as like precisely where they are where their bomb shelter may or may not oh, be. Oh, okay, I could understand that. Things like that, right. because uh, because we have to assume that it's all being monitored by you know, enemy forces, if you will. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm just getting kind of a few updates every day to the effect of, you know, there was some shootings here, but we're all right. There were some bombings there, but we're all right. And, it, you know... I, I, if I'm smiling, it's it's more of a nervous smile because of how how absurd, you know, the whole situation <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was you know kicking a few messages back and forth with my with my dad, and he was like, "Well, we've got an air raid. Um, we got to go to the bomb shelter now." And so of course I'm like, hugs and kisses. But at the same time, I'm sitting here like, well. Now I can't leave my phone because I want to immediately be aware when I get the word of we've been given the all clear and everybody's alive and well. Of course. Oh, my gosh. So it's just been that every day. And they're seven hours ahead of us. So mm -hmm. as I'm going to bed, it's just their morning. So their curfews are ending. Like right now. Let me see. Right now is nighttime. Is this their it's 11, worst? It's 1130 So PM. Is when, yeah. when's the worst time or is it just at night? All they're being day? bombed mostly at night. Wow. Um, at night and uh, at, uh, at, at sunup, which the, the right. sunup bombings from what I understand is an old Nazi talk tactic. Wow. You know, I mean, it's just when everybody's super groggy. It's just when everybody's tired from a long night. Right. Uh, you know, the light could be, the sun could be coming up in just the right direction that you don't see their airplanes coming. It's, it's, uh, harrowing. I mean, terrifying. It's harrowing, imagine. but also there are, you know, very inspirational videos coming out of Ukraine. I saw one yesterday where, um, they were like, they've got school teachers, doctors, uh, people that were, you know, university professors who are out in the streets welding, um, Oh, those uh, anti-tank. Anti yeah, they call them hedgehogs over yeah. there. Oh. Yeah, right, 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 um, right. I know what you mean. Uh, so they were like welding these huge one, ones out of uh, railroad tracks. And then they were making smaller ones in a fashion of kind of, um, you know, like like the things the police throw out to, to oh, yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah for, the, so they were, for the tires. They were welding, you know, like smaller ones. And, and they just, went to one of the guys who was... Oh kind of directing everybody on how to do it. And, and he said, uh, this is an old Cossack tactic that the Cossacks used against horses many, many years ago. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're making smaller ones, you know, like, you know, smaller than a foot. Mm -hmm. And then they're tying them with metal wire so that you can throw them out sure. and drag them across. Unbelievable. Yeah. <coughs> Just how about, how about and, uh, 
But the fact that, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing. And it goes to, to show how, how steep and steeped in culture and, um, and traditions people are that, you know, a war tactic from the Cossacks from, you know, 200 years ago, somebody alive still knows about it and is yeah. like, hey guys, they call those garlic, by the way. I don't know why. He, really? He said they called it garlic. Huh. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, you know, on the one hand, your heart hurts so much for these people. Of course. On the other hand, a lot of the videos I see give me nothing but inspiration. Oh, because, me too. Yeah, almost because, makes me want to cry. Because even that guy, even that guy oh. was like, well, they were used mostly against, you know, invaders on horseback. But don't worry, they'll work on any kind of vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's almost like they yeah. have... you. Know, uh, there, there's of course uh, Ukrainian soldiers um, and armed forces are putting out their own propaganda because as we were talking earlier, sure. anybody can pick up their phone, make a video and put it on yeah. the internet and then yeah. everyone can see it. And I mean, we saw one guy and he had, you know, this look on his face. And, and my husband and I were like, that's not a guy you want to tangle with. No, not a and a lot of them have that look about them. That, really? That's sort of like, I can't right. wait for you to come over here. Sure. Right. Amazing. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I saw a young girl on TV and it was like they were making those cluster bomb, whatever that. Molotov, that Molotov cocktails. was breaking mm -hmm. up that styrofoam and, and putting them in the thing. And they good, good looking, blind truth. And, they, and she goes, yes, I was, um, I was very... When it started, I was extremely afraid and frightened. She goes, but now I'm going to fight, and I'm going to fight like hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredibly inspiring, yep. you know? Yeah. That's, uh, it, if I were there, I, I would be. Yeah, I, I thought leave. about that for me. I wouldn't have left. Yeah, what would you do? I mean, I thought about that for I me. I would take up arms, no you know, questions asked. If it asked. came to me, what would I do? Would I, what would I do? Would yeah. I turn? Because of where I'm from... I've thought about that a lot, especially even after I um, got my uh, U.S. citizenship. And, you know, sometimes I would express these feelings to my friends or my family and they would kind of laugh and scoff at me because like, oh, well, why would you ever need to do that? But I would, I've always said, I've thought about it deeply. And while I, I am more or less a pacifist, yeah. If you come to my doorstep, it's me or you. Right. And I'm choosing me. Of course. I mean, there shouldn't be any other way in that regard. Uh, and, and so I, I've always said that if for some crazy reason my country needed me to pick up arms to defend it, I, I would do it without question. Yeah. I think, I think that... Um that could be wrong. What I know, I'm looking at the news like everybody. Psh, what do I know? But I think um, I think China's looking at that. I think old Putin. He might have a he might have a, a bed friend, but I don't think that he th thought that's going to jump in the sheets with him. Right. I got I got a feeling that they're looking at this world banking everything, but I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm just looking at TV like everybody else. Sure. But I think that guy's going to be, I don't think China's going to go down all the way with him. Yeah. It's this guy. And, uh, well, I don't know how, whether these things can be trusted because you can't just trust everything you see on the internet, but there are stories and rumors spreading of people offering bounties on his head. Really? Who? 
on Putin's from, head. Oh, on Putin's no, head. really. That um, that would be, and I really, I know you're Ukrainian and this and that, but like I, Russian and European oligarchs. Uh, I now that's what right. I'm saying. I don't know if it's true or not because I just saw a post that somebody shared, so you right. never know how true that is, right. but. I wouldn't be surprised if it were. I was watching a Ukrainian news feed a couple nights ago, and they had um, a guy, and I'm I'm not super familiar with their current pop culture, so I'm not sure exactly who this guy was, but uh, it kind of seemed to me like he might have been an actor or maybe a radio personality that okay. has now become a facilitator of journalistic Huh. Um, efforts over there coordinating with foreign journalists so that they can come over and get the story and what's happening. And and he put out a personal statement. He said, any Ukrainian who captures Russian uh, technical equipment of any kind, I will personally send you on vacation when this is over. Wow. <laughs> he said, wherever you want to go in the world, I will pay for, for a trip for you to go. Well, you know, it's... I think that that would be, and the Russian people too, because I cannot believe the Russian people. That I actually heard this lady from Russia on one of the uh, networks just saying that it's good that we're there and we're doing. I couldn't believe it, but I would yeah. uh, this this I would say the majority of the Russian people. Well, on the other hand, don't want to be there at imagine all. Imagine what would happen to her if she didn't say it. Yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah, dead, kill, right. Right. And we were talking, you and I were talking about right. that the other right. day. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's it. I always, there, there's a, it's an old, old black and white comedy. It's called One, Two, Three. Okay. And uh, it, it takes place in, in post-World War II Berlin, but it's still divided. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, some, it's, it's, it's silly. It's about a, Russians trying to get Coca-Cola to build factories in Russia and, and make Coca-Cola for their people. And uh, they're meeting with this guy and, you know, he like makes some offers and then somehow they decide, you know, are we going to defect or, or what are we going (laughs) to do? And, and one of them, and of course this is a joke, but at the same time, it's not because it's a very real scenario. He says, you know, comrades, do you know what they would do? They would take my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law. That's why Ukraine's fighting. And, you know, and then he pauses and goes, let's do, <laughs> you know, and that's the joke. But, but I, I point that out to a lot of people like, yes, it's incredibly painful to watch uh, essentially your enemies just lying to your face and spreading misinformation. Sure. When I didn't see it myself, somebody said like, did you hear Putin called the Ukrainian president a Nazi? Oh yeah, and he's Jewish. He's a practicing Jew who right, lost right. family no, he's, he's in unhinged. the Holocaust. He's unhinged. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a. Um, he's to the point where he's almost scary, but, you know, that's. And you know what? I, I, I really do. I mean, can you imagine being Russian right now and, and having that, that phone in your hand and seeing what's going on? I, really, I, I think that if someone. Well, they're, if, they're cutting them off as best right, they can. Yeah, right. Uh, I assume if you're a Russian and you have, you know, some kind of VPN service where you can mask your VPN, you probably, if you want to get access to information, yeah. uh, but you guys may not know this because I haven't really heard anything on uh, the United States news about this. So once uh, Ukraine started capturing POWs, um, 
they're doing everything they can to document everything they're doing in the hopes that this is going to go to um, like international criminal war courts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's in their best interest, obviously, to document everything. Of course. But what really, what I'm impressed with is that they're just putting everything out online for everyone to see, which makes me feel like they're doing this for posterity. Interesting. You know, you're not going to doctor evidence right. for a court case that you've now shared with the entire world and any internet sleuth can go and see if your video is fake or not. That's a great point. You know, yeah. but, uh, but everything's after the fact, what's going to happen. I, th whatever. I think that the, 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 the 40 mile uh, column over there that's stuck. I think that part of it is, I don't think the Russians want to fight. I don't think they want to kill these people. And part I think, of it is that, and part of it is that they're out of fuel. Or they're out of fuel. But I, yeah. So I think they push buttons and rockets and stuff like this because those people that are pushing those buttons don't have to look at the people's faces. Right. They could sit there and they can bomb. But I think the Russian soldiers and stuff like this, they're cousins. I mean, a lot of them are relatives. Right. I mean, they're, they're innocent I children. I have family in I Moscow. Mean, and, and they don't want to, I don't think they want to do it. And I just got a feeling that Putin knows that. And he's seeing the world look at that 40-mile column, right. and he doesn't, he, he's a... Well, so the POWs, Ukraine created a website uh, specifically with uh, the Russian population in mind so that they could go to this website and potentially find out where their sons yeah. and husbands and brothers are. And within a day... What happened? Russia cut their access to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Of course. Definitely. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. because they're reporting that, you know, their losses are what, a, tini a tiny fraction. It's, 6, of, it's about six to 9,000, depending yeah. on who you're listening to. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it, and it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, I was watching one um, Ukrainian YouTuber, and, and she was talking about the, just the kind of change in morale and the you know the, the psychological effects that this has had on people and she she said it struck me because she said imagine a sweet old lady who would have given you homespun advice on any other day coming out of her you know bombed apartment building in the morning and gleefully observing dead russian soldiers in the streets no, you know, she said, imagine what, what kind of mental state of being you have to get to yeah. in order to be like, my people are dropping around me because you're killing them. And the only joy I can find in this moment is when I see my enemies dead. What I like, that's like, I'm sorry to like, I'm having the anxious smirk now. I, I like, had, I can't even imagine. I that. had that very same reaction yesterday. Um, because like my new routine is I get up in the morning, you know, it's nine o'clock here, it's afternoon there. I immediately, if I don't have messages already, I immediately start trying to get in touch with my relatives over there to make sure they live through the night, that everybody's all right. Do they have any local news that, that I might be able to pass on to other people around here? Uh, and my dad sent me a picture of um, off the coast of Odessa of a Russian ship burning in the distance. Oh, wow. And you just see a column. A of Russian smoke. ship burning. A column of smoke. Oh. They, they, well, they keep trying to send landing parties to Odessa. Mm. 
strategically, it's it's not a very wise move because you can defend very effectively from the shore. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, what do you... And I had the same reaction. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And while I was still halfway in that hell yeah, at the same time, I thought like, how backwards is it? And how sad is it that I see this and that ship had at least 600 people on it. And that I think. That don't want to be there. That don't want to be there. Yeah. They want to be war, home with Putin's their, war, with their wives and children, just like, just like any normal right. person right. wants to be. Yeah, don't, yeah. They're, they're, they're right. That's, it's, what, so what, I mean, I don't. So know. I had my own moment of that, like, yes, on the one hand, and, and it, it's almost, it's surreal because I'm not physically there. Mm -hmm. uh, and at some point you have to be like, this is not a movie. Right. Where you're like just cheering for your team. Like people are dying on both sides. Yeah. Uh, but the man on top, he don't care. No, not at all. He doesn't, doesn't even phase him. Just like the rest, they don't care. Yeah, it's like Hitler and everybody else. They right. don't, they, well, he doesn't care about it. Oh, yeah. He like, wants to save face, this and that, this and that. You think that. Um, well, he's going to have a hard time saving face at this point. Oh, no. He's, no. he's. <laughs> His he's, face is gone. I mean, he's. Anybody that, right, that machoism of him and jumping in cold, icy water right. and riding horses with no shirts on and all that stuff, that machoism with him, everybody's seeing what he really is yeah. and the world seeing it live. But I hope that it helps the Ukrainian people. But all this stuff we're talking about, meanwhile, they're being bombed and, and yeah. you know. And, I mean, now they're just undertaking brutal tactics their their tanks and other you know machinery that drives across land is getting stuck like yesterday morning i got what i felt like was ex excellent news from odessa because my dad said the weather has turned in our favor it's drizzling oh. and it's coming down wet snow oh, isn't that amazing it is and so you're getting such firsthand. Yeah, that, from and that's your dad. what I'm saying. I mean, this on the, is unbelievable. Yeah, on I mean, the one like, hand, I'm like, holy I'm terrified for their well-being. Yeah. But also, you don't often have an opportunity to have people who, in real time, can share. Oh my gosh. Can share information with you that way. Right. It's raining and it's uh, light snow. The weather's turning in our favor. That's positive news. Yes. Because the things will get stuck in the mud when they go off off yes. road. So you combine that with fuel shortages. Uh, I mean, reports yesterday were that they had blown up something like six fuel tankers. Oh, no. wow. That, you know, Russia were, were bringing to refuel their people. Uh, another thing that I learned through this, um, I was watching, you know, an intelligence analyst talk about uh, their tanks, like these T-72s, these T-80s, mm -hmm. the number in the model denotes what year they were made. Oh, wow. So, so a T-72 was made in 1972. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. A T-80 yeah. was made in 1980. Oh, uh, yeah. Most of their equipment is heavily outdated. You know, we're talking 30, 40 year, years right. or older. I mean, I mean you, think, you think the all the propaganda that is given to us from this, forget about, not, not talking about this thing. Sure. Do you think that it's all propaganda to the American people so our defense contractors get more money to build 
I mean, that's all you heard, a state-of-the-art, state, yeah. Russian state-of-the-art. Watch out. We have to build all these, you know, billion-dollar airplanes and shit like that because, right. you know. And well, we're, it's we're because looking, Russia's been saying that they're right. state-of-the-art. I'm looking at their I crap think, over I there. It looks like junk. I think we're looking at their idea of state-of-the-art. Their state-of-the-art technology lies in nuclear weapons. Right, that's right. Sure. That's what I think, too. That's all they've been working on. Right. Yeah. It looks like junk. They're getting bogged down. They don't have parts. It's crazy. They don't have who. Who in the hell put this together? (laughs) Well, I I don't know. As part of the sanctions package, they've been cut off from the ability to even get parts. Oh, that's good. To replace. That's good. uh, That's good. Their equipment with. So. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're looking at the weather. You're looking at the weather. You're getting firsthand knowledge from your dad. And boy, I just tell you, I'm hoping everything works out, man. So what else are you going to do? Yeah, nothing. I mean, you know, take up arms, hope for the best. Watch the news, talk to your people, support them. And, you know. And and they are, I have to tell you, just on day one in the morning, I was already asleep by the time the action started happening. I, I woke up and it was like my work from home day. And so, you know, I'm groggy logging in to work. and, And my husband came in to say bye as he was leaving for work. And he had tears in his eyes. And I and I was like, "What are you okay? What's wrong?" Well, you what didn't ha- know. You didn't what know. happened? I hadn't known yet. And, and he was like, "I'm all right. I'm all right." And he, you know, he kissed me goodbye and left to go to work. And you know, I'm, I pick up my phone. I got a message at midnight from my mom, wow. who's like, "Russia's just invaded Ukraine." Of course, at that point, I turn on the news. At that point, I I hear, you know, Odessa got bombed, Kiev got bombed, Kharkiv got bombed. You know. And, and you know, of course, your 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 ears perk up when you hear the name of the town where your family lives, where you were born, where you spent, wow. yeah. you know, the first at this point, the first third of my life. And the first thing I did was start start thinking like, who can I message? Who like who am I connected with? Who knows my dad? Who, if my dad doesn't have communications, could potentially give me word that my dad's all right. Uh, so I just frantically started messaging everybody I knew over there. And uh, it it took a couple hours, which was nerve wracking. But eventually I started getting replies from from people who were like, we're OK, we're all good. The most heartbreaking one was from uh, like a distant cousin of mine over there who, who was like, we're terrified, but we live in the small village. No, so there's no, uh, you know, tactical advantage to kind of attacking us. Sure. Uh, but she's got small children. Yeah. And she's like, we're terrified. We have a go bag ready. We have all our documents and stuff ready to go. And we're just trying to keep our children from being terrified. Yeah. And, and I mean, I it broke my heart. It broke my heart to think that, you know, they're having to put on a brave face for the sake of, keeping their children psychologically sound, which how could you even hope for them to be psychologically sound after something like this? But it was heart wrenching, but also at the same time, everyone I reached out to said, we are so touched that people across the world on another continent are worried about us. We are so touched that people care and wanna reach out to us and find out that we're okay. Um, a few nights ago, we drove down to the, you know, the Cincinnati sign mm-hmm. on the stadium yeah. and I snapped some pictures and sent them to everybody over there. And 
you know, it seems meaningless. It seems small, but the moral support that they're getting through an incredibly difficult time yeah. is, I think it's priceless to them. I think it's your, who's the president over there? Volodymyr Zelensky. He was a comedian and then he became president. That guy right there, if you had to say the dagger, yeah, the Putin, the dagger is him. Yeah. He was a comedian who then uh, was an actor in a TV show, and the TV show was about an actor who had become the president. <laughs> You're right. That's right. really funny. And they, and they elected president, and Putin thought he was going to be a pushover. Well, I have to through. tell you, he was, even by the general public, kind of, he wasn't the favorite. Right. Uh, people kind of viewed him as more or less of a joke. And, what a joke. And even a lot of those people are coming out and saying, look, we've been critical about him. There's yeah. things that he, you know, we maybe made jokes about him, whatever. But in this moment, the man is showing us who he is. Yeah, you get that quality. Yeah, that guy is the Winston Churchill of the time period. Right I love there, that. That man right there. Yeah. I mean, he's just standing up and starting this whole movement and, and Ukrainian and bringing it... Oh, and you know that oh quote, I don't need a ride, I need ammo? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great quote, too. That, yeah. that's I don't how, need a ride, we need ammo. Yeah, right. good. And, uh, and a lot of the people have been like, oh, you know, the men aren't allowed to leave the country. And I would bet you any amount of money if you went there and just went door to door and man to man and started asking them, how do you feel about the fact that you can't leave the country? They would tell you, I don't want to leave. Right. Uh, so many of them took their wives and children to the Polish border. And turned around. And turned around, came yeah. back. Wow. Can't even imagine having to do that, too. Like, uh, incredible show of strength, emotionally, physically. These, I mean. are, uh, these are the same people who were, always, uh, who were always heavily underestimated because they're simple, they're simple farmers. They're just, you know, country bumpkin folks who, you know, are uncultured and uneducated. and. Right. And don't know what's going on. And these are the same people that gave the Germans hell in World War II. Um, right. <laughs> I have firsthand accounts of people who were alive at that time, my grandparents, who told me these stories. I didn't read them somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, when it's they made a country that's been tossed around so much when over they saw of years. the Germans rolling their tanks in, these simple farmers, quote unquote started taking their metal siding off their barns and, and attaching it to their tractors. In the distance, it looked like a tank. Brilliant. When it moved, it made a lot of noise and kicked up a lot of dust. So you could create the illusion of having an armed force at a distance with simple farm equipment. Uh, meanwhile, if you were to go up to it with your sidearm at that time, which was like a German revol revolver, it wasn't anything amazing. Sure. You could shoot through and through. Right. It almost doesn't matter at that point. It's like and, a little bit about but the they, show. But they were many times, they were successful in, you know, German tanks start rolling in. They fire up their stuff. In the distance, they're like, it looks like they have their own stuff. Maybe we should turn around. Uh, but but these are, you know, just like that guy said, you know, we're using Cossack tactics. You know, the Cossacks predate the World War II by, right. by far. So it's a country that's 
Yes, maybe what they do is farm. And, and Ukraine does actually export. They're the number one exporter of wheat to the entire world. No kidding. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Ukra the Ukraine is actually the number three country in the world as far as natural resources go. Really? So they've got their own oil. Crimea had all the natural gas, sure. which is obviously why they wanted it. Right. Yep. So Ukraine is a country that, that's rich with culture, but also natural resources, which has made it a target of unfortunately, seemingly just Russia for ever and ever. Yeah. Meanwhile, it seems like Russia has forgotten that the Russian empire was born in Kiev. Right. That's the connection. Well, I feel like a yeah. thing that's coming through here a bit is that if anything, like, they belong to Ukraine, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned yeah. before about how like it, it, I, there's this interesting historical element to me that, I think throughout history, you've just seen invading forces underestimate, quote, simple people. And yes. almost every time it never works out in the invading forces favor. You know, I mean, it's it, yes. I'm sure, you know, I'm no historian and I'm sure someone can fact check me on that. But that seems to be a pretty common thing. You know, ingenuity, the, the willingness to stand up for your country. Well, then Napoleon invaded what the Ethiopians. Mm -hmm. They defended themselves with sticks, sticks and stones. Right against a highly superior, tech, technologically superior and force. A, and arguably a great tactician too, you know what I mean? Like someone yeah. who on paper should have, this should have yeah. been a wipeout. Yeah, it's, I, I love those kinds of stories. Yeah, I get a little disappointed when, pe when people start kind of down talking like, oh, well, Putin, you know, is just a little boy who's throwing a fit. And, and while, you know- A little boy throwing a fit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, and while psychologically that may be an accurate description of, of what he's doing, but at the same time, I'm like, tactically speaking, you know, that's not wise to, to when, when your enemy is coming to kill you and you, your choice is to see them as just some, you know, silly madman who's out for blood, you have to think, no, this is a powerful KGB man, madman who's right. been murdering people for many years right like that he's a pro at this yes he he's not he's not to be taken lightly right yep. and you know although he's going before his own people and he's making these you know gestures to oh ukrainian people your forces are hiding behind your wives and children because they're neo-nazis your country has uh, been uh, taken by neo-nazis and drug and that's right. the new thing has been he's been calling the the government the president of, of ukraine a, a drug dealer no, he, he's a drug dealer, neo-Nazis. And in the meantime, the Ukrainian people, if you watch the, their responses to it, they're like, we're not that worried. Right. We're used to Russian propaganda. Yeah. If they think that this is going to work on us, they've got another thing coming because right. yeah. we've heard all these things for a long time. Yeah, for generations. Yeah. Wait, public opinion. Public opinion is, is I guess, right now is one of your... Best weapons. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm saying that we have an audience here and you have a direct link to your family. Um, and we would, we would love for you to shed, you know, share any information because it does help. Well, yeah. I'm glad. And I'm it glad does that help. people and you're, you're, are you know, interested. You're, yeah, and you're very astute to 
boy, you really know what's happening in the history and the military and everything like that. So we would, it's totally up to you. But well, I've just anytime been, we would love to I was love lucky enough, but, but anybody who's about my age who was raised in Ukraine was raised with these stories. Oh. Uh, my grandparents lived under German occupation. They, they all had German soldiers living in their houses. Gee, unbelievable. Them. So we don't yeah. know any of that stuff. We'd, and and I always say, you know, like a lot of Americans are very cocky about these ideas. Because we don't go through it. We never because had Because you've it. never, right. because we you, never you have it. never been through it. And on the one hand, I say, oh, you know, silly, you guys are so innocent. And on the other hand, I'm like, it actually might be nice to be able to be innocent and, yeah. and ignorant in that way. But you also have to recognize that just because it's never happened before right. doesn't mean it won't be attempted in, in the future. That's, that's one thing that's happening with Germany and all those people over there. I think they're kind of getting a message. You better arm up, kid, and defend yourself and start building because this thing could, because we have all these cell phones and all this going to the Mars and all this stuff, we are still a planet of people. Amen. And people attacked other people. Yeah. Even though we think we're in this other arena right now, we're really not. Yeah. I do have to say that, you know, even I was feeling a few days ago, like we're, it, it feels, I hate to describe it this way, but I don't know how else to describe it. It almost feels like we're watching a snuff film. Oof. Yeah. I mean, and you see all the surrounding countries and the whole world they're just watching. Right. That's the worst part. It's yeah. as disturbing I mean, as, you know, those world star part. videos where two people are beating the shit out of each other and everybody else is just. You're right. No, exactly. Yeah. That's, and, that's and, the whole net. And when I see stuff like that, I'm always, why isn't anybody doing anything? Yeah. Right. Ukraine's being just bombed and that's what he's going to keep on doing. I, I never thought he'd do this. No. I never thought he'd actually, for public viewing right that man is crazy what and the, to bomb the whole world's watching him bomb and kill people just yeah. right on and he doesn't even care he's in his the best thing that can happen for the ukrainians and the russian people mm -hmm. is somebody kill him yeah because then the russian first of all they could stop it instantly because then they would say he's the purpose right so they stop it instantly draw back and then the russian people outpouring somehow their hearts to Ukrainians and, and try to heal some of this. Sure. Some of this is going on. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what the Ukrainian people want is they want, I think what would be the best case scenario is if the Russian people realized that there's 400 million of them. They could rise up against their government. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Definitely. Very easily. Definitely. Definitely. And, and there's there's a Russian propaganda that's coming out and they're saying, oh, the Ukrainians are giving up. They're they're standing on their knees in front of tanks. And then if you obviously if you watch the full video, right. you see that, you know, this elderly man is climbing on top of a tank trying to stop it. And after they knocked him off of it a couple of times, he finally because he has no other choice left. He stands on his knees in front of it and just says, well, if you're coming in, you're going to have to go over the top of me. Right. Wow. That's quite a different story when you then cut to Russians complaining about how cruelly they're being treated by their own 
um, government, and then there's a crowd of 30 protesters running away from one single cop with a nightstick. Right. Yeah. The compare, you know, compare oh, right, the two. Right, right, yeah. Big difference. You know, here's a man who's willing to put down his own single life in front of a Amen. tank, whereas, you know, several dozen people are running away from one cop with a stick. Yeah. You know, that, that is... It, it paints a very different picture as Absolutely. to the, the, will, the will of the people. And the Ukrainians are unfortunately paying the price that all free nations have paid for their freedom at one point or another. And that was blood. Right. Do you think anything's going to happen positively? Positive on the positive side? Do you think anything's going to happen? I think and I have hope. And the news that I continue getting all indicate to me that Ukraine is going to withstand and outlive and recover wow that's that's ukraine ukraine has wow. has a saying it means we will overcome can you say that one more time a little slowly me meaning we okay wow i love that well i'm gonna you know what? I'll tell you, if you would please come back. If you get in, it's up to you. Call in, whatever. Yeah, please. I think it's so important to let people know. So you have an insight. I think it's important for, this, for you to share it. I'm too. just many honest, people. I'm baffled you, anybody's interested in, people, in listening to my people, hot takes about there's politics in Ukraine. Of, there's, a, there's tons of people are interested. Yeah. You have an insight. Tell your father that we would love to hear. I mean, I know it. This doesn't sound right. Well, to tell I'll your father about his this. suffering so we know. But I, in the long run, I think this is a value. I the more people that hear this, the more people that condemn it, it's the better. And we have a little station here that we could, yeah. we could touch people and it can't hurt. Absolutely. You know, I expressed to him a few days ago that I, I felt disappointed in uh, our government and the UN and the countries in NATO because I felt like they just, they're not doing enough you know and i i get the drawback to yes you don't want to provoke a war with russia right by sending in your troops but you could still send other stuff yeah. and ukraine 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 is saying we we don't need your people we just need you to help us give us the means to defend ourselves oh yeah so a I, little I, relief a little assistance yeah, yeah i was expressing those thoughts to my father in ukraine and i i just said i'm just so disappointed that we're not helping you enough when i thought we were sending stinger missiles and, well that was and everything like that, that was maybe a day or two before we made the official oh. announcement I mean, are they getting through i always wondered how do they get through yeah. and how do they get how do they get to the people that need them they, they uh, still have through they still they're going through, through a lot of it is going through poland yeah. and um hungary Hungary. I'm sorry. No, I mean, Hungary. I'm, I'm half. I'm half speaking right, Russian. Right, but it's Ukrainian. still coming. It's going Hungary, through. Well, Hungary at first said we don't want to take part in any of this. We're going to close all all our borders to everyone. Nobody's coming in or out, no matter what. Well, Hungary apparently has now opened their borders to facilitate aid and resupply efforts and immigrants in Ukraine and immigrants. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um. But I. But my. But my dad's reply, and you know, you kind of have to judge. Like, is he just saying nice things to? because he doesn't want his water, his daughter over, overseas worried about him. Mm -hmm. But he said, don't worry, you know, they're more than helping us as long as they keep sending us javelins. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. And stingers. I mean, he said, we're doing a great job. 
ourselves. Yeah. And the the people are organized. He, I've all the word that I'm getting from everybody is nobody's panicking. Everybody knows what to do and how to be useful. People are looking out for each other and trying to help each other with food supplies, getting people to shelters or whatever they need to do, making Molotov cocktails in the sure. streets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a reporter. I can't remember if he was from Al Jazeera, but he he was spoke with a British accent and he was in Kiev, like next to a university. And he said, I was just here, you know, two days ago and it was just normal university life, you know, kids, oh, students, yeah. you know, going to school, you know, going to little cafes and right. sitting around. And he goes, it's a much different scene today. And he just panned over and there was a whole assembly line of students making Molotov cocktails. <laughs> Can't even imagine seeing that. And that's, I mean, and those are, those are the kinds of people the Ukrainians are. Yeah. I love that. It's a, again, I know I've said it a few times, it's incredibly inspiring. And I'm, I'm hoping it's one of those things that the rest I of the world. I around like crazy. I look at that stuff all the time. It's like I'm flipping and looking at these people. Just, it's just. I saw another woman who was leaving yeah. Odessa yesterday because they keep getting more and more threats that are, you know, they're trying to make landings at, at the beach. And, uh, and they asked where she was going. And, and she said, you know, I'm going to Poland and they said, you know, what did you bring with you? What did you pack? What did you have time to get? And she said, uh, I just packed, you know, maybe two days worth of food. She had a little boy with her, her son. And she said, other than that, we didn't even really bring clothes. The only change of clothes I brought were professional looking clothes so that I can start looking for a job the moment I get to Poland. Oh wow. Gosh. And her, her wow. words were, uh, we, we don't want to take on a refugee status. We want to, we want to provide. Uh, we want, I'm sorry, I said immigrants. Yeah, he said, we, we want to provide for ourselves. We want to work. Please put us to work, whatever country we end up in. Um, yeah. We don't want to be a strain on anybody else. Yeah. We, and that's, that's just, that's the spirit of the Ukrainian people right there. I love that. I'm going to take off. Thank you. It was very nice no, to meet you. No, it was you. nice. No, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you very much. And this is open 100%. You have anything to say whenever you get a hold of him. Because I think in our own little way, just like everybody yeah. in Ukraine's pitching it, whatever. In our own little way, we're all trying to do something. Yeah. And I think this is helpful. I agree. So anytime. Yeah, anything please. You, need, you just let us know. Thanks, Jungle. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. That's great. Get to meet the legend himself. I never ex expected such a treatment. I know. It was awesome, right? Good man, big heart. I appreciate that. Well, that's important. Yeah, it is. Well, I appreciate you coming down today and laying this all out for us. This is amazing. I learned a lot today. Uh, to, legit, if, I will come back. Let me know. I mean, seriously, just reach out again. to me. I, uh, yeah, seriously, anytime you have like an, I mean, I say an update, but you know what I mean? When you've got something yeah. that you want to come back on, l let me know. I would, uh, I'd love to have you. It's truly. I actually had to, on Tuesday, when you, you and I were kind of still talking, at, uh, we have like a Tuesday morning staff meeting, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to work a half day on Thursday <laughs> uh, to go do this local podcast. <laughs> 
And I was just like, I'm the kind of person where like I get to tend, I tend to get overexcited and be like, oh my God, look at me. I'm so important on a podcast. And so I was like, oh, I feel like a little silly about this. And, <laughs> and they were all like, no, no, we think it's important. You should take the yeah. time off and go and do Why that. Why not? Yeah, I mean, spread and, the uh, word. That's great. I was just like, wow, I'm really, really impressed and excited to get that kind of support even at, oh at my gosh. work. Yeah, that's super cool. You deserve that. It's and not I, often that you get an employer who's like, yeah, this go. is an important right. thing for you to participate in uh, as a human being. Right. Isn't that, it's crazy to think about. Wild. Well, oh, is, yeah. there, is there anything else that you think we should add into this one this in is, the meantime? This is kind of cool because you guys are like, you guys are like in a fishbowl. Yeah. A jungle calls me his barracuda. <laughs> That's why I'm swimming. And you guys are kind of like wild animals being... <laughs> Being I, observed. I keep thinking I should get like a little um, feed the feed the host like a little <laughs> you know what I mean like a little what do they call it a dispenser you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> put in a quarter and it's like a handful of Starburst or something else I like I couldn't I, that was really weird I couldn't think of something I liked off the cuff I'm like uh, I don't know pour some me kind like, of cereal <laughs> some kind of cereal you're yeah, in here with like, like one of those hamster things licking at it yeah, for exactly. water <laughs> they're like uh, don't Mark doesn't like bread you know <laughs> the bird thing yeah it's please like a, don't feed Mark bread he has a hard time <laughs> digesting it oh, that's like they do with the geese right. please don't feed the geese bread <laughs> oh that's amazing well, um, Lena thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it truly just there's just if I look right in there am I looking right dead in the yes. camera Yes, they're at one of the three. Well, okay. We can just at have you say it three times. The- Luck, which one do you think she should look into? Not the phone. The, the, the other one? Okay, yep. Okay. Um, I'm sorry if this is awkward. It's not awkward at all. Go uh, for it. I just want to say, Slava Ukraini, Heroim Slava. That's all. What does that mean? That is, that's become the new national greeting of Ukraine. Oh, cool. Uh, so, so the... First person would say Slava Ukraini, and the other person would um, reply Heroim Slava. Oh, that's really cool. And, and what it means is Slava Ukraini means glory to Ukraine, and Heroim Slava means glory to our heroes. Beautiful. And, uh, and I was actually, I got brought to tears yesterday. I was watching Zelensky's evening update address, whatever you want to call it, and he was reading off um, heroes' names. And I was just thinking, you know, like, can I recall at any time, like, a reading, a, a list of a reading from just, like, one of our politicians of people who who passed away in, in service? And, and you know, he read their, you know, name, rank, and title, yeah. or whatever, and then he read off what it is that they did. That's amazing. And it was just like... There were 15 people, 13 of them were dead. And so you just kept hearing like, you know, hero of Ukraine, posthumously. Next name, hero of Ukraine, posthumously. And just like, by the time he got to like the 10th name or whatever, I was just like, you could see on his face that it was difficult for him to do. And I got overcome with emotion because it can't, it can't be. Did you guys hear about the, the, I mean, a kid, I don't know if you feel that way, but I certainly, sadly, at 35, I feel like 20-year-olds are kids, oh, but, totally. but I feel like they are, because I remember being a 20-year-old, and yeah. I was definitely a kid at that point. Absolutely. This kid, essentially, 
blew up a bridge by by driving a bomb out there and he blew up with it awful and he volunteered they had made a tactical decision that they the bridge was a strategic crossing point into their city and that the bridge had to go yeah and this guy without hesitation volunteered and drove a car bomb out there and blew the bridge and uh I saw the CCTV footage of it from down the street. Ugh. It was nighttime, it, but it was still just as harrowing. You know, I, yeah. you see a single car drive down the bridge, you see it light up, and then something rolls back. Right. And it's it is one of those psychological moments where you may have seen something like that many times in a sure. movie, but like something else clicks that says like. Holy shit, I just watched a human being die. Right. Very literally. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, heavy is an understatement. I, uh, yeah. And and then the, you know, the Rus Russian ship, go fuck yourself. Right. I think everybody has heard that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ukrainian news channels and outlets. Yeah. Across the screen in big letters, it says... Ruski soldat, and it means Russian soldier, go fuck yourself. And they're like, they're all like, normally we're really cultured, polite, <laughs> and clean people, sure. and we appreciate, you know, decorum, social decorum, and wouldn't use vulgar language like that. But these are different times. Yeah, and the, I mean, the, this is a perfect time to break that tradition. I think. Well, there there was some. Some Russian somebody, somebody in their, you know, maybe social media who was like, well, you know, we need to watch our language. What is this? And some Ukrainian woman commented like, it's the fifth day I'm watching dead people on TV with my 10-year-old child. Like, right. do you think the language at this point yeah. is what's too much? <sighs> people are dumb sometimes to put it mildly. I, their priorities are never where they need to be in my experience, unfortunately. Don't say fuck. Uh, look at this corpse. Yes. Crazy. Yes. What? Yeah. Don't say. Don't say this terrible word <laughs> while you're looking at a dead body. While you do the terrible yeah. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. It's. I just. I don't. I don't know. I. I have no no words for that. The yeah. the logic there, and words. I've always thought words. If you think about what words are, we're just making noises with our mouths. <laughs> uh, okay. So. I always say how ridiculous. So if I went at you, would you Whoa. be offended? Because how much different is that than me saying a word to you? It's not much different. I, it's not much different. So it's funny that you bring that up, especially because we got connected through Kathika and I was close friends with her brother yeah. for a very long time, Kathan. And he and I had just one of those weird late night conversation years ago where we were both kind of like, you ever think that like making words and noises, we're just kind of forcing air through meat. And I'm yeah, like, we yeah, liter we literally are. <laughs> right. It's like so absurd to think. And then people get really worked up about and people get how really you flex worked your up meat. about it. Yeah, it's very weird. But what can you do? You know, we'll just try and set a better example in the future. Hopefully it's. Yes, <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, the. And I've always thought of it that because I do remember the Soviet times. Mm -hmm. Because I was little, but. But old enough. I wasn't stupid. Right. Um, 
just I remember how the you know there was propaganda and you had to watch what you had to say because if you find out now that the statistics were is that one out of three people was a government inf informant. Yeah. So people were literally not comfortable speaking their true feelings in front of their spouses. It's crazy. Can you even imagine somebody you had children with? Yeah. You can't tell them how you feel can't, uh, because that person may be so worried that their whole black, fa the whole family will be blackballed right. and potentially lined up against a firing squad yeah. that they were willing to give you up. That's insane. It's quite insane. Yeah. And then we went to free Ukraine. We got our language back. We got our, you know, traditions more or less back. Not that I observed at five years old, anybody suppressing Ukrainian traditions no, I get it, though. More, more or less. But, you know, a couple of years ago, Ukraine passed a law that um, all businesses operating in Ukraine must service their customers in Ukrainian language, which is their national language. Yeah. And when I first heard these news here, you know, in in the United States, it's a very different story. And I understand and, and agree with it. We have no national language because right. of what we are in the, in the history of our country. It's a little different. So people from here sometimes don't, they don't get it because yeah. they don't have that, like that, connection that your language is a deep part of your culture right and when another country has been suppressing your national language your identity your very your very ethnic identity and, and uh and you'll you even i had grown up and heard the sort of idea that like oh was well, a ukrainian language is for like simple folks for uncultured folks yeah. it's um, from the Russian side, Ukrainian language is often viewed the way we would view somebody here, not necessarily even rightfully so, but if you, somebody had like a real thick Kentucky right, or Southern. Like a prospector voice. Yeah, you, you know, know <laughs> like, we, yes, we might be a little biased to, to <laughs> think that that person is uneducated, un, uncultured, which yeah. is not always true. No, not at all. People, people have very different accents. Oh my gosh, it's so funny to think about too. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, when you think about that, even that, and that's like a, that's an idea and feeling that's just steeped in the culture where like, well, the cultured and educated people speak proper Russian. Of course, yeah. We while the Ukrainians, you know, are just, you know, screw their funky language right. and whatever. Meanwhile, the Russian language has uh, like a 150,000 words and, and the Ukrainian language, I think, has almost double that. Yeah. And is an older language, right. ar arguably. Yeah. Wild. And it is a different language to clarify for everyone who's always <laughs> like, oh, Russian, Ukrainian, it's all the same. No. 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 It isn't. It's As somebody who about until, until about a week ago... I thought that my Ukrainian was gone because in Odessa, it's a heavily Russian speaking area. Sure. So I grew up speaking Russian. We did learn Ukrainian in school. And while I was living there, I could go back and forth between Russian and Ukrainian at any time that suited me. Mm -hmm. But you lose, you use it or you lose it. So true. And over here, you know, my mom and I moved here. She got married uh, 
she needed to go to work. I needed to go to school. All our family here at that point was American. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like English, 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 because you guys need to function in society. Yeah. So you need to be able to communicate with other people. So, I mean, my mom and I rarely even speak Russian or Ukrainian to each other. Wild. Yeah, but I guess- We speak English at this point. Right. Uh, It's only lately that there's been more, you know, and, and up until, like I said a week ago, I thought that my Ukrainian was gone. Yeah. And, uh- you know, you watch about 36 hours continuously of somebody speaking Ukrainian to you, you'd be surprised how much of it comes back oh, and sure. how quickly. That's wonderful. A little bit of a little bit of positivity out of this. Yeah, I definitely have to say, you know, I am thankful to this because it's reignited my memory of what it is to be a Ukrainian mm-hmm. and the the spirit of the Ukrainians, their desire to be a free, sovereign, democratic nation is not very different from how many of us feel here in the United States. And, and many people who come from other countries to, to this country, to the United States, are staunch patriots. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they've given up their culture, their their traditions, but it means that they've assimilated them into their new way of life here in the United States. Yeah. Adaptation, you know. Yeah. That's the key to survival, realistically. But also, you know, many of them feel that it's a, it is a cultural obligation that if you move to another country, um, you must make strides to assimilate into the culture that you've moved into so so that you're not just intruding. Hi, here I am. Right. You know, so that you're being polite for lack of a better word. It's just polite to do so. Absolutely. Kindness is one of those things that slowly I was worried was getting lost over time, you know, and it is, it's polite. It's just a, you know, yes, there's real kindness. And then there's just, you know, cold politeness and those two, (laughs) Those th- cold politeness. And the, I, I think mean, I'm going to title the episode that. And even the, and even that I think goes for for language. I argue my stepdad here, who's quite a conservative person, he and I argue about you know language and people cussing all the time. And sure. He, and he, I've never heard this man say fuck in my entire really? life. Really, that's crazy. Um, I mean, he does have a few others uh, like rat bastards. His favorite. Oh, that's a good one though. And, and uh, that's one of my favorites too, but. You know, he's always made the argument that, you know, it's a question of decorum and respect for other people to okay. use to use certain language. From my perspective, it's a question of, I want to know what you really think. Yeah. I don't want you to put what you really think into polite words that then somehow constrict your ability to communicate to me yeah. what you think. When you stub your toe and you, oh, fudge. Right. I know you don't mean it. Yeah, exactly. I, I know what you wanted to say. Just say what you mean. <laughs> just say what you mean at that point. It's just noises coming out of your mouth. Just pushing who, who, air yeah, through the just, meat. who cares? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you could title it pushing air through the meat. The meat. There you go. <laughs> I wonder if that would do wonders for us or not. It's got, oh like, a, it's got like a food store vibe to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's this is the After Hours podcast. 
Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, we'll, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm a chatty Kathy. I could literally talk to you for hours. Well, so just, we should really do this again, just, though, for real. Yeah, I mean, we've been. I'd be happy to. We do broke this. an hour. Yeah, I'd be happy to do this again. Um, Come back. I enjoy having people listen to me talk very I, much. I know that feeling all too well. And I seriously, thank you so much for your time. Let me know when you seriously come back anytime. When I was truly. in school here, my teachers voted me most likely to become a teacher because they said Lena just loved to have people listen her, to her talking. <laughs> I got best storyteller. That was the one that was I think it's because talking. for about the first year, I was very like, like I said, I was very um, conservative with my speech until I was fully confident that what I was about to say wasn't going to be laughed at by a bunch of 13 year olds sure. because they're brutal. Of course. So I kind of <laughs> the kept, worst audience. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> kept my mouth shut and it's kind of the same. It's almost like a rebirth story because my mom tells it like one day you were little and one day you started talking <laughs> and we just haven't been able to shut you the hell up. That's ever since. funny though. <laughs> And so it was a lot like that. Like one day I became confident enough that I was going to speak in a, in a manner that people were going to understand and not laugh at. Oh, well, I'm glad you did an amazing job today that, uh, that I just, I didn't, I felt like I didn't talk very much for the first year. And then once the floodgates opened, <laughs> it's just been the same. We've just been trying to shut you up ever since. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of, I'm cutting this episode. <laughs> feel free i couldn't i couldn't not take that opportunity but seriously lena come back but we'll talk after that i i appreciate you guys having me on oh my gosh our pleasure truly the i mean in some ways i feel like i had to do this to pay some respect to my ukrainian heritage and then you know maybe maybe they'll get to watch me doing this over in Ukraine and yeah. they get to, they get to see my face. Of course. Well, speaking we'll, and, yeah. and, and talking about, you know, my feelings and how, how much, you know, we all are uh, supporting them, you know, in, in every way. And, and I think, I think that it does count to them. I think it does matter. I, I really do. Even if it's a small gesture, like taking that Russian bottle of vodka off your shelf. Right. Exactly. It, it's, our culture is steeped in symbolism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny when people get weird about that. They're like, oh, this is a symbolic gesture. I'm like, yeah, that means something to a lot of people. Like, yeah. we're creatures who enjoy art. Art is not like a thing. It's like a representative. I mean, our you national, know? the United States national anthem is about one of our <laughs> favorite symbols, our flag. Right, exactly. And so you'd think people would be more open-minded to it. And but. I saw you a Ukrainian video like a day or two after Kiev got bombed real bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy came out and he was like, we're cleaning the streets. We're, you know, getting debris out of the way to get people. And he was like, our first order of business was take down the Russian flag off the top of our building and put our brand new unscathed flag up again. And he was like, and he was like, and there it is. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. Amazing. I was like, that's, it's not. We, we see, you know, in, in many ways, I feel like Americans relate to the Ukrainian struggle because it's not unlike the struggle of, of this country being, you know, I guess we are wrong. that We did get invaded when the British came. That was right. Well, yeah, that but, was. But funny enough, 
Americans were just a bunch of simple country people. And then look how well, that and turned that's out. And even, I mean, look at Vietnam. You know, when you have yeah. a highly determined organized population, we're behind every leaf and every blade of grass. There is, you know, potentially a five-year-old with a switchblade waiting to dig it deep into your carotid. Right. Uh, uh, that does something to the enemy morale at the same time. Like oh, yeah. you have to just be like, holy shit, these people really don't want us here. Yeah. Even the little kids are willing to kill us. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, hopefully this is a learning experience for the world, you mm. know? Don't mess Gosh. with Ukraine. We're going to yeah, go from death, don't, don't mess with Texas to don't mess with <laughs> Ukraine. I prefer that saying, actually, a little international intrigue. I like it. Beautiful. All right, Elena, thank you again. Let me welcome a friend of mine, a long time. We've known each other a long time. I realized that recently, but I don't want to admit to how old I actually am, so we won't say specifics. <laughs> but uh, introduce yourself. My name is Andre Azarov, and um, I met uh, Mark shortly after I moved to the States from Moscow, Russia, uh, right before eighth grade, and that was in uh, 96. Yeah, the good old days. Crazy. And funny enough, so I had a woman in from Ukraine, and she moved here like a year or two after you. I was like, oh, I think that was around the same time. Something something in the air in the late 90s. Moms taking their kids to the States. So I'm glad you're here, buddy. And thanks for taking Me the too. time. Me too. So, you know, I just wanted to jump in quick because everything that's going on is insane right now. And my plan here was just to provide a platform for you know, people that are not from the States that are experiencing this kind of, I mean, I'm assuming you still have family over there, right? Actually, I don't have uh, family over there. Uh, I'm from Moscow originally, mm -hmm. and unlike the more rural parts of Russia, we didn't have big families just because of the shortage of uh, space. So just like, you know, big yeah. cities here, not a lot of uh, space and resources at the time to raise big families. So a lot of kids I went to school with didn't really have brothers and sisters. So. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's amazing. See, I didn't even know. I've just, I, me making these bad assumptions. So, but no, I appreciate you coming out to talk to me about this. I mean- what was do you do you remember a lot of your life in Russia before you? Yeah, came absolutely. Yeah. What was it like? Absolutely, but well, um, I am old enough, and um, I'll admit it because I'm uh, doing all right for myself. I don't uh, not to run down, uh, but I was born in the Soviet Union, and so um, and I was eight years old when the Soviet Union fell. Mm -hmm. So I did remember what it was like growing up in in Russia in the same circumstances that unfortunately it looks like it's about to become. So economically it was battered uh, and uh, the currency was worthless. Uh, people have a hard time uh, supporting their families, the lines in the grocery stores, everything else. I took it for granted because I didn't know any differently. Right. And so I can't say I had a bad childhood because I, I didn't know any better until I started visiting the, the West. So, yeah. And so it's just unfortunate that uh, due to the, the necessary economic sanctions, which are the only way for the world to show um, to show Putin some measure of consequences, it's going to affect everyday people so much. That's, that's, I, I feel like it's such a hard decision to make, you know what I mean? Because I think I would assume in general, and you know, I'm sort of speaking from a place of ignorance, right? But I assume that, you know, the U S and these other countries are just sort of worried about what a guy like Putin will do in retaliation for something that's, you know, how should I say, not more effective, but maybe more aggressive in tactics. You know what I mean? I feel like that's, they're like, well, the sanctions, hopefully that kind of does it. But then you make a great point that it's going to affect everyday people, you know? 
And and that's the unfortunate thing. And I can tell you that I don't have family, but because we had small families, our friends become like our family. And sure. we have very close uh, friends overseas and they don't know what's going on. They're cut off from a lot of information. So one of the last sources of independent media in Russia that won the Nobel Peace Prize for uh, journalism, Novaya mm-hmm. Gazeta, uh, which means new newspaper in Russian, uh, so just today, there was a law passed that raised um, the penalty for, quote unquote, fake stories about the Russian military in the media. Really? It was unanimously passed in the Russian parliament for a sentence of up to 15 years in prison. What? So when we in the West call upon uh, the Russian people to affect what they can uh, try to do against this senseless aggression that nobody supports and nobody wants. Right. Um, I have two kids now, you know, uh, they're 11 and seven. As a younger man, would I have gone out in the street? Probably. But right. now, would I go out in the street to protest something and almost certainly get arrested and get put in jail to uh, get locked in a basement where uh, you might never get found again? Right. That's a really hard call for us to make sitting here and being very comfortable. Right. With these uh, pleasant smells of cooking still lingering <laughs> in the studio, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but (laughs) you've always been so good with words. (laughs) Oh, that's such a beautiful description. But you're so right. I mean, yeah, you make a great point about how, yeah, it's easy for a lot of, and well, we see this stuff all the time on social media, right? Where Mm -hmm. everybody's like, well, why aren't we doing this? Why, Why not this? And it's like, sit for 30 seconds and just shut up and then just think about what you would do. Would you be willing to sacrifice your family, your loved ones, your friends, whoever, you know, to stand up for the right thing? Unfortunately, a lot of people are, I mean, that's a real threat because the thing is, well, if we don't all do it, then it just affects, you know, my life adversely. And not that there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that mentality, you know, at the end of the day, you need to protect your family and your loved ones. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it is senseless. It's crazy, man. It's been wild to watch this develop. And it's just, I'm speechless, truly. It, it just that overwhelming dread and feeling of helplessness both back in Russia and here, and just the absolute horror of what's happening to the Ukrainian people. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, um, I was double checking with my mom before I came here because I couldn't remember exactly when I got my citizenship and mm-hmm. I got my U.S. citizenship just so I'd be able to uh, go abroad because of mandatory conscription. So even though I was growing up here, yeah. Um, I had to make sure I had an American passport before I went back to Russia or um, I could be drafted into the army. Oh, wow. So because of mandatory conscription, you have a bunch of uh, people without the resources for higher education or the ones that couldn't straight up bribe their way out of military service. They put uniforms in them, put them in the tank and then tell them they're going on to exercises in Ukraine. And then they end up in a, in a senseless war that they didn't want to be a part of either. I can't even imagine that. So just too. the helplessness, with starting with the, the Russian uh, troops and the Russian people. And it's just such a shame to see um, a nation that is great to be vilified. And I won't be embarrassed of where I'm from. I'm very proud of where I'm from. Of Being course. Russian is always going to be part of who I am. Yeah. And just so many people paying for the uh, the decisions uh, of one person that makes no tactical sense uh, whatsoever and and being embroiled in a, in a humanitarian disaster 
yeah. and resulting in a uh, essentially knocking economical harakiri for the the Russian economy. And we're it's not even finished. Right, we're just sitting helpless and, and watching and, this unfold. And it's crazy. In a, in one way, there's that part of me that's like, okay, I'm glad that we're this is happening in the age of social media, so that mm-hmm. like the entire world is literally like you cannot escape this, right? Like nobody can. It's like if you have a device of any sort, <clears throat> this is getting pumped to you day by day, right? Except if you're in Russia, because as of today, yeah, Facebook, Twitter completely uh, off. off the map and because of this new law that was uh passed uh the new sources are now closed so uh overseas there are a lot of rumors of martial law being imposed oh gosh so already everyone knows what's going to happen uh in regular peaceful places in russia the uh, because of payment uh system mm-hmm. the stores aren't going to be able to get food right uh People aren't able to withdraw their savings. People aren't able to sell things. It, it's just that pandemonium, really. That's crazy. And it's all because at the end of the day, it's like one guy, you know? Exactly. It's like so crazy to think about, to see that's like, I mean, he seems like the type of guy we only read about in history books. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And it's crazy that that's even a thing in this day and age. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of evil now has become a lot more clever. And he's just like full in on it. You know what I mean? I don't know how to describe it any better. It's almost like cartoonish in some regards. Like we're living in South Park. It's, it's insane. And it's just that, um, and he's just a blunt instrument of pure hate and evil. And no, I didn't think I would see it so singularly personified. It's wild. I mean, like they just almost every time I think about it, I'm like, I just don't have words for it. You know, it's just such a strange strange time to live in you know it's like i don't even know i i've been at a loss for words for like two days now especially doing these interviews too where i'm just like i don't even know you know and and because i'm like sitting in a place of comfort where i'm like oh yeah no it's fine i'm like in this happy fun bright lit studio like you said it smells like the seafood from earlier and it's like yeah I, i don't know i almost feel like i'm not educated enough or maybe not strong enough. I'm not even know how to describe it, but I'm like, oh, I'm like, what do I even have to offer this? So I am so thankful that you were willing to even come out in the first place to talk to me about it. No, this. I really appreciate it. And I think, and, and I think about it too, and it, and it affects me deeply, but I think it is important uh, to just focus on the gratitude of the fact that we are here. Yeah. I am very grateful that I uh, get to live uh, in the States. I grew up as an American. My children are uh, second-generation Russian-Americans. They get to grow up safely, um, that don't have to worry about things like that. And the best things we could do is pray for the gratitude for what we have, uh, pray for the safety of the, the people that are being affected, yeah. and and focus on counteracting uh, the that singular evil with the kindness towards each other. That's what we can do. I love that. And other than uh, contributing to causes in, uh, in, in Ukraine and trying to remember that the, that nation that um, we want to vilify is helpless against the two. Right. Contribute uh, if you can to the causes, but also uh, we can remember that we can fix the world right here at home. There are still, um, you know, people dying here of homelessness and addiction. So if all of a sudden we start thinking about how bad things can be, we can fix it on a local level. So maybe that global awareness will remind us of how fragile um, our security is. 
That's beautifully said. I think you're right too, and I hope that's the case. You know, I think about great works of literature where it always ends up coming back to about in these moments of tragedy, hopefully like the human spirit and our sense of, you know, universality or whatever, like our togetherness will maybe trigger, you know, the thought to just try better because it's like, if we can kind of set that example across the board and start doing it everywhere, that shit should spread, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we just got to keep our side of the street clean, obviously uh, for a leading, uh, speaking of South Park, the uh, Team America world police mentality, (laughs) we want to make sure that uh, when I came to this country, I reveled in the fact that everyone is supposed to be the same. And uh, uh, we um, should treat each other the same regardless of where we're from and what we look like. But if we actually do strive for that, Mm -hmm. and the only thing we can do uh, to change the world is teach our kids to treat other people that way, and if we do that, we haven't failed. Yeah. You know, I think we're seeing a lot of that now. And it sometimes gets a little muddy in the way some of the handling is. But I also think that when we think about that, sometimes you have to keep in perspective. It's like, these are young people. But I think we're seeing a lot of that kindness and, you know, with a lot of, like, uh, inclusivity happening on a very wide scale, right? And I think it's great. Sure. I think it's the way it should be, right? Like, Absolutely. It shouldn't be weird to see a multi-ethnic, multicultural group of people on TV. Like, I'm sorry that for so long that that wasn't the case. Right. You know, but it's, I I am, I, I do think generally that we're moving in the right direction. I And you made such a great point about thinking about the things in a positive way, being grateful for this stuff and i think sometimes we do get caught up in that a little bit because it's so easy to focus on the bad parts but it's like you can just kind of cherry pick what to focus on in life it's like yeah you don't want to ignore the bad stuff but at the same time i think maybe and maybe that's a little bit of the whole covid thing mm-hmm. you know people have been kind of trapped in their houses to just really bad bad timing <laughs> yeah. or you know in a way, i'm like oh i'm like it's like i it almost makes sense that it happened now it's like oh we're just about not necessarily all the way through it, but like, you know, I definitely think that generally speaking, people are seeing the light on the end at the end of the tunnel a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, it's, you know, I saw some meme about it the other day where it's like, oh, COVID might be winding down. And then it was like, here comes World War Three, you know? Right. And I hope it doesn't get to that, truly. And it doesn't. And I think uh, it would serve everyone um, well to widely uh, sidestep the conversation of uh, whether things would be different with a uh, different administration. I think what's what's interesting about this uh, conflict and now people seeing how disconnected the leadership is from how the rest of the people really feel mm-hmm. uh, now that we've been through these administrations back to back regardless of uh, which side you lean towards you can yeah. see that it can be a disparate opinion right and now we get to see that it's not always representative but at least we get that pendulum swing like we'll wait it out and v- vote them out right but some places in the world aren't that lucky yeah it's terrible i mean you're obviously seeing the effects of that right now Something I've been so curious about with all of this, and this is just me not being, I'm worldly in the wrong way. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't really follow a lot of conflict. And, you know, maybe that's why I'm so generally enthusiastic. (laughs) And I don't know that that's the right behavior or anything. But uh, why, I mean, do you have any idea why this is even going on? Like, what is, and I know Ukraine has been kind of this, like, hotbed for this over hundreds of years anyway. But, like, what's, do you have any idea why this is even happening? I think it's a good question. And once again, um, 
I'm a salesperson. Right. No, and, I know you're uh, I'm I'm just not asking a, your yeah, perspective. No, I'm not a policy expert, but I've right. really been always interested in uh, in history and uh, especially 21st century European history, military mm-hmm. history, because like I said, tactically, it just makes no sense. Yeah. And because Putin failed at the initial blitzkrieg, mm-hmm. it, it's just become a total, uh, total mess. Yeah. Uh, but it... A lot of the articles that I read make a good point of the fact that it doesn't even necessarily have to do with anything other than the thinking of one man. Yeah. And this is um, one man that is a KGB officer um, that is still deep down apparently sold in the ideology of the United Soviet Union, mm-hmm. of which Ukraine was a part. Yeah. And uh, when I was growing up, the closest park to my house um was called Kolomenska, and it was the summer palace of Ivan the Terrible, built in 1100 AD. Yeah. So there is a rich tradition. Yeah. And uh, Kiev was um, the city-state, you know, of Mm -hmm. the birthplace of Russia. But in my perspective, in 21st century, um, so what? Right. So it, once yeah. again, just my personal opinion no, of course. and people, especially that are younger than me, the next generation, they don't even remember when um, they, they don't know anything about the Soviet Union. Yeah. They didn't see the flags hanging up in their school or or anything like that. So um, I, I think it's a, a single minded mentality of a uh, of a dying generation um, of of old Soviet Union establishment uh, that unfortunately has amassed so much power. Yeah. Because when you think about it, there's no way the oligarchs are having an awesome time. No. You know, if uh, someone was taking my yacht, I'd have a thing or two to say about it. And they're the (laughs) ones that are really in control because at some point, these people took off with 40% of the gross domestic product of Russia. Wow. That's insane. So these are the kind of numbers we have at stake. And of course, Putin doesn't care about sanctions uh, because his shadowy hundreds of billions are pale in comparison to the amount of fear that he inflicts on people. And that's why um, I try to think of that message of positivity, because that's the only thing that can counteract the dread of, um, you know, the helplessness. That's beautiful. I knew you'd be great. (laughs) <laughs> to talk with about this. I knew you'd have like these just very wise and, you know, in a, in a way, like just a creative outlook on this and a, and a positive one too. I mean, I think that's really important here. And it's interesting to me to think that, you know, it's funny when I was talking to Lena uh, yesterday, she was talking about how a lot of people have been caught up on like, kind of like, and it, you know, maybe this is an American ideology and I don't know. Right. But I think about how like, People are like, well, why don't we actually do something? Moral support really doesn't matter. And she was kind of like, actually, it matters a lot because these people are struggling and that's what they kind of need. And sure. it's like they're going to go fight regardless. But to know they got that like, people have their backs is kind of huge, right? Like the yeah. world's like behind them now. I mean, I can't even imagine feeling that way. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, the the blue and yellow flags and people want to know that um, the world is united behind them. That's what, and, um, and their president, he's not a perfect person. No. You know, he, he didn't come from a, a squeaky clean political background right. either, but he's just a, uh, a person that is uh, trying his best and he's yeah. looking for the appeal. And um, there's only so much we can do. We um, due to the weapons uh, that, uh, so the javelin is not to be underestimated yeah. as a um, 
extremely probably one of the key things in stopping the the russian progression so yeah. it, the the west is doing things and they are yeah. making a difference the only thing that uh is unfortunate is because of putin's actions mm-hmm. the uh backlash from the west is playing into the rhetoric that he has uh posed to the russian people in the first place because they're not seeing the amount of aggression and he's still refusing to call it a war inside right. the borders all they're seeing now the full blast of the sanctions and now he's saying see that's what i told you the west was out to get us all along <sighs> instead sucks. of being able to take responsibility for the action so that's the only unfortunate thing so yeah we don't want to take back what we're doing or take because uh the sanctions they have it coming but you know that the everyday people like ourselves are suffering because of it yeah and uh and of course it's um and the thing that should be dismissed outright is military intervention on the grounds of uh, World War Three is by it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, please. I'm not right. Out, so uh, I think we are doing what we can. And, yeah, it makes uh, sense. And it, it's not okay to, to be helpless, but sometimes it's just kind of um, how it is. Yeah. One of the things you touched on a minute ago, and I, this triggered a thought to me, is that you mentioned uh, the Palace of Ivan the Terrible at 1100 AD, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things that anytime I've traveled out of the country, I always forget how old everything but America is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously the land was here, but right. like what we know as modern American culture is just over 200 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like the oldest thing you can find here is what, from like the 1700s realistically. And then when you go overseas, there's just like, I mean, generations is like an understatement, right? Like, you know, I couldn't even think of something that's that old here. And I, and you know, you still see that kind of stuff. I mean, like when they were pulling down Confederate flags and other like things from the Civil War, sure. you saw people were like, that's my heritage. You know what I mean? You saw a lot yeah, of that stuff. Sure, sure. So I imagine it's got to be not worse in like a bad way, but worse as an intensity level when it comes to europe right i mean you know just generally the the rest of the planet because it's there's a lot more cold right you know i mean it's like it's been years and years and years of this stuff but i do find it as equally interesting that uh i think you're right that the kids now don't really care like you know they're kind of like what i think what's kind of fun is each each progressive generation seems to be way more focused on what can we do to move forward and not be so stuck in the past you know so i'm wondering now i'm like is so much of this just upholding like you said uh, like the the wishes of a dying breed for lack of a better term you know sure and and that's the thing um and my opinion of course is um from someone who was raised by people who were interpreters and Mm -hmm. uh librarians editors uh and stuff like that so i may uh, not be a very good representation of what uh any more than someone from new york city is going to have the same view on american politics as someone from iowa right you know, so uh, yeah. there's and there are definitely differing opinions, and some people, or just uh, personally in in highly educated areas too, uh, they may have very uh, deeply traditional values about uh, about certain things. I just happen to think that as you can believe as whatever you want to believe, as long as it doesn't hurt. Uh, hurt others or subjugate right other cultures. You. Yeah. And Ukraine in itself also isn't perfect. They have their own uh, small uh, cultures and uh, et yeah. cetera internally, and they will have had their uh, their own conflicts, which of course at no point were any excuse to, uh, right. you know, tamper with uh, borders that have been drawn a long time ago. Yeah. Crazy to think about, man. It's just like, like 
so much head shaking. And I, I always feel bad, in the, especially in a, you know, in a medium like this that's so about the conversation. I'm just like, I don't even know what to do besides I thought yeah, something like hard. this is a good idea, right? Where it's like, well, let's get some of that perspective on there. And, you know, I, I get it. It's opinions and just what you personally think. But I thought, you know, having grown up there, you'd get it, you know, and you'd have a little feel for yeah, it. Yeah, and like I said, I have a lot of pride and it's just that yeah. uh, it – it's unfortunate. And I had to sit my kids down and tell them, hey, you know, Russians aren't bad, basically. Right. Like, uh, so it that's a really hard thing to express. So it's nice to be able to, um, you know, I really appreciate you asking me. Oh my God, of course. Uh, and being able to uh, to share that. And uh, and again, uh, like I just told you, you know, if I had a ruble for every time someone asked me, I'd still be broke because of the exchange rate, but, uh, you know, I'd have a handful of paper. <laughs> so, um, but if we need to make notes, yeah, it's just, that it, it, it's really nice to be able to talk about it and, and just be able to offer my opinion and my point of view. And just once again, um, you know, show the gratitude for the things that, uh, that we have here and, yeah. um, you know, just, hope that in whatever way we send our, our thoughts and or prayers that uh, we're all doing it as best we can. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks buddy. You yeah. Know? So, and that's all I wanted to cover was the fact that like um, it, and that's the thing I always love to talk about, which I uh, didn't manage to slip in there, but you know, the Soviet union is always, um, you know, the, the entity that people love to hate. Right. Uh, oh, but you know, back in the eighties with, uh, with all of the, uh, the movies and, uh, fucking red heat, red heat, red heat is, red like, heat is one so of my many. favorite movies. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> and was it Jim or John Belushi that asked Arnold, you know, how do you uh, treat with stress there? And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Jim Belushi. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. Arnold's like vodka. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what we should be doing is we should be hosting screenings of those too. And yeah, exactly. And that, uh, but then it was kind of, uh, it was part of the American zeitgeist and culture too. the, uh, you know, talking about the reds and mm -hmm. how it was yeah. a, a distant threat that kept us in check. And again, when you look at it, uh, now that, uh, that you made me think about something to add, it's the fact that, when you go to uh, the Smithsonian in Washington, mm -hmm. um, or if you go to the uh, Air Force Base in Dayton, yeah. you see how the Cold War has uh, driven technology. If it wasn't for the Cold War, we wouldn't be going to space. We wouldn't be sending penis yeah. rockets all over the place because <laughs> no one would have been uh, in a rush to get up there in the first place <laughs> to outdo each other. It's so true. And, and so it, is it a... Uh, motivation to and it was a motivation to continue developing offensive and defensive weapons and yeah. uh, this may be um, a new uh, beginning of uh, looking at what the threats are because we real I don't think most in the articles that I read most of the military tacticians just because it didn't make rational, tactical, and logical sense, did not think that Putin would invade. Right. And only because he's that one person at a given time, he decided to, and it's just a mess. Yeah. But maybe something will come out of it where we, we'll have to learn something from it. I'd like to think. We are generally, no matter what our flaws are as humans, I feel like we usually 
come with something by the end of it, right? We try to take something from it. I think that's why stories are so popular. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And everybody's always kind of like, you want to see yourself in like the hero a little bit. So yeah, let's let's hope for the best. That's where I head is all the time. I'm like, look, we can. Nobody's perfect, you know. And uh, you, you mentioned that a bunch in regards to uh, what's his name, Zelensky, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, I do. Uh, I'm personally just hoping we can also get over that idea that everybody has to be this like shining beacon of a hundred percent paragon. Which yeah, I just no, don't that's think a, is, I that's think it's a very valid point. Yeah, know? exactly. It's like and like it is a, dumb shit a person often. rising to the, uh, to the occasion yeah. uh, for sure. And rallying. And at, that's uh, what should people. matter. You yeah, know, exactly. I'm, like, and I'm glad he's getting all this good press right now because like he deserves it. I mean, he's like, yeah, going absolutely. there. You know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. It's incredible what people will do in a time of tragedy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I just wish there was something that, any one of us uh, could do. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but the, in the end, what you can do is it was really difficult to get visas and stuff when I was, uh, and I heard today that uh, there's going to be, uh, there is some legislation about Ukrainians being able to stay longer, et cetera. Oh, you know, being able to, uh, to welcome refugees here and, uh, um, you know, being able to share some of that security, I think, is yeah. uh, something that that we can do. When um, you know, not be afraid of welcoming someone uh, that's in trouble. Because um, I mean, there are people all over the world, and this is just different, and it's hitting us um, closer because we never expected it in Europe, and um, you know, uh, culturally to a, a somewhat similar uh, community. But we should have that outlook towards everybody. And this may be a, a lesson for us uh, for more humanitarian aid all around. Why not be better people? Be the people we pretend to be. You right. Know? Mm -hmm. Just stop pretending. That worked out easy for me. I was just like, let's go genuine. And then worst you case, go. you just, you know, you're, you're not perfect, but you're going to try, right? Like every day to just put that little bit of effort in. And then hopefully we can all drive this into the minds of everyone. So beautifully said. I hope that's the, that's the, the great thing that can happen. Well, you you said it. <laughs> I, but I was kind of stealing it from you. So <laughs> no, but Andre, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate thank you. It's really good to see you, man. Yeah. Likewise. We, I, I know we always say this. I'm like, we should hang out more Then I'm like, Oh yeah, I work like 60 hours a week. Well, and I know you're killing it too. So I appreciate your time. Seriously, dude. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Appreciate it.